Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. All right, we are going to be entering into Advent season in a few weeks. So we've been taking some time to hit some other topics and themes. And so I've been prayerfully considering areas for us to address. And today we're going to look at growing in prayer. And I want to introduce some things to you. Some of you are going to be familiar with some of the terms that I put out there. But we're going to look at growing in prayer, a rule or guide to help. And what we're going to do is look at what a rule of prayer is, how it helps, and then I'm going to give you some practical suggestions and elements. I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to open up my own personal prayer life with you and share some things that I have learned from lots of other people. And friends, prayer is the most amazing opportunity that you and I have to think that we can come into the presence of the Holy God through the blood of Christ as often as we choose and interact with God. And he allows his heart to be touched and moved by us, his people, through prayer. It's astonishing to think. So I have been walking with the Lord 35 years now, and I have learned that prayer is work. Anybody amen that? If you could only go to a weekend workshop or read a book, 30 days to a wonderful, fruitful prayer life, I've tried both of those things. They don't work. You know what works is endurance and cooperating with the grace of God day in and day out. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at how you and I, no matter how young we are in the faith, how old we are in the faith, we can and should grow in prayer. And friends, everything rises and falls on prayer, doesn't it? So, Lord, we look to you just like those early disciples said, and we say, Lord, teach us to pray. We ask, Lord Jesus, would you teach us to pray today, to interact with the Father through you and by the power of the Holy Spirit? And I pray, even as we look at this, that you, Holy Spirit, the spirit of prayer would brood over us and fill us with fresh power and hope and that you would grow us into a praying people. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Friends, did you know each day at the start of your day, you get to choose your mindset for the day? It's true, isn't it? You get to choose, I'm going to be a victor or a victim today. I'm going to be a rejoicer or a complainer. 
I am going to be a believer or a doubter. And so we get to make that choice. And so prayer is an essential part of making that choice and getting the right frame of mind and right frame of heart. If you do not make the conscious decision when you get up, what kind of frame of mind and heart you have, someone else will make that decision for you. It's true, isn't it? Someone else will set your frame of mind for the day and for the week. You can let Satan and his demons do that for you. They're ready to do that. You can let the news, the media, your friends, your family, or your coworkers set your frame of mind for the day, for the week. Or you can get into God's presence at the beginning of the day and read his word, declare his word, meditate on his word, and then carry that word with you throughout the day. That is the choice that you and I have every single day. There's no autopilot. There's no quick fix. There's no silver bullet. You get to choose every day. I get to choose every day. Am I going to be a victor or a victim today? Am I going to let the word of God wash over my mind, or am I going to be brainwashed by someone else? And so we're going to look at something that helps immensely with that, and it's called a rule of prayer. Now, some of you are going, I don't like that four-letter word, R-U-L-E. But we have to learn that's not what it was for the early church, the early Christians. A rule of prayer was a guide. It was a template. It was a model. It was a pattern. And we're going to see that Jesus actually taught a rule or a guide of prayer to his disciples. Let's look at this verse here because I want this to just kind of shoot through everything that we're talking about this morning. Colossians 4.2. It's a beautiful little phrase here. Colossians 4.2. The Apostle Paul is talking to this church plant in the city of Colossae. And listen to what he says to them. Colossians 4.2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. So Paul's looking at this church and he knows in that church, they've got young people, they've got middle-aged people, they've got older people, they've got moms, they've got people working, They've got very busy, active people. And he says to all of them, devote yourselves to prayer. And so as we open the word of God today, that same word with apostolic power speaks to us at All Saints and says, All Saints Church, devote yourselves to prayer. And we can say, well, you don't know my schedule. You don't know how busy I am. You know how anxious I am. And the word of God says, devote yourselves to prayer. And so what we're going to see is there's wonderful news. The Lord wants us to be successful and fruitful at prayer more than we do. But we have to cooperate with the power of the Holy Spirit. I was reading this week, someone talked 
told you this stuff is near and dear to my heart because I pray out of desperation. And so I pray that holy desperation rises up in your life. Prayer is not an option. It's not a choice. But you actually have to do it. One person said, I was reading this old man who had spent 60 years in prayer, and listen to what he said. He says, climb up on the rocks of prayer into the strong tower of God's presence where the Lord will protect you from the waves below. So as we look at this, growing in prayer, a rule or a guide for prayer, I'm inviting you, friends, to climb up on the rocks every morning and get into his presence. The waves will wipe you out these days. Would you agree? Some of us have been wiped out by the waves. You may have gotten wiped out by a wave yesterday or today. So I'm telling you the answer to that is to devote yourself to prayer, to give yourself to God through prayer. I want to talk about what a rule of prayer is, and then I want to share some elements, some practical elements of how you devote yourself to prayer, how you climb into God's presence by His grace. But first, let's look at what a rule of prayer is. I already said that it's like an outline of our daily prayer practice, our routine with the Lord. And friends, if you don't have a plan, you're not going anywhere. Again, how do I know? Because I've done that plenty of times. I've said, Lord, I want to grow in prayer. I want to pray. I read that book on prayer. I heard someone inspire me through prayer. And then I wake up the next day and my plan is a blob. And so I'm done in a day or two. Friends, you have to have a plan. And the early church called this a prayer rule or a rule of prayer. And so I want to put that into the bloodstream of our church. We want a rule of prayer. You want to have a plan. And friends, you don't have to cook up something original. What I'm going to talk about today is not original at all. If you've been around me more than five minutes, you realize I'm not looking for the new original stuff. I want the old stuff, the time-tested stuff that we find in Holy Scripture and the people that gave themselves to Scripture, especially for the first 400 years of the church. Look at Matthew 6, 9. Some of you are familiar with this passage. I love it because this passage gets prayed in churches and in AA meetings Sporting events, this is the prayer of the Lord. It's the Lord's prayer. But I want us to look at how it starts. It's Matthew 6, 9 and following. And it's cool because the youth are there on a retreat this weekend. They're on their, their way back. They're driving back right now. But Harrison and team were leaning into the Lord's Prayer with the youth and teaching them about a guide or a rule of prayer through Matthew 6. Look at verse 9. Sometimes this gets lost in the rest of the beauty and majesty of the passage, but what's Jesus say there, church, at verse 9? Pray this way. And then he shows them 
a pattern for prayer. He gives them a rule or a guide, a pattern for prayer. And you know it. It includes praise and submission and request and confession and protection. And so Jesus is telling these early followers, I'm going to show you how to pray. And it doesn't mean that each time they prayed or each time we pray, we have to pray in those exact words. Not a bad idea, especially if we're new at prayer and we need to have this form us in our minds and our hearts. It makes it much more fruitful and much easier to have a pattern like this. And we're going to see over and over again that every rule of prayer should begin and proceed and end with praise. You hear me? If you want to be fruitful and you want to pray more than 48 hours or more than a week or 30 days, if you want to pray month after month, year after year, and you want those things to stack up, you want to have a history with God in prayer, you've got to learn to praise. That is the only thing that will sustain your prayer life, to praise. And Jesus teaches us that doesn't he? Right there at verse 9 and 10. You pray this way. If you want to know, disciples, how to pray, you lift your eyes up to the Father in heaven, the creator, the sustainer of all things, and you say, holy is your name. That's the essence of prayer. That's how you get started. And then you acknowledge that he's the king, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is teaching through these few verses here, this is the way to pray. Now the key, as you develop your own rule or guide to prayer, and it's going to be informed by Scripture, by Jesus, by early Christians, the key is that this rule puts you in contact with God, the Holy Trinity. What is the aim of a rule of prayer? It's to put you under the waterfall of God's presence his holiness, his majesty, his power. So as you, and some of you already have a rule of prayer, a guide for prayer, some of you are going to begin tomorrow with new vigor, and you're going to say, this is really cool. I'm, I'm glad to have a fresh plan and some insight into it. And the aim of your, your prayer should be to get into God's presence. Am I getting through to you? I'm going to encourage you to crumple up and throw in the trash your grocery list of prayers. I remember as a freshman in college, I was so earnest. I was like, Lord, I want to know you. I want to learn about prayer. I'm reading the scriptures about prayer. I'm reading books about prayer, and I am a beginner. But man, I have my prayer notebook here. And in my notebook, I probably had 40 or 50 of my football teammates. And I would read through the 40 or 50 names every morning. And then I would move into praying for other family members and friends from high school. And I remember one day, I sensed the Lord say, would you put the notebook away? I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, I don't need you to parade people before me during our time together. I know who they are. I want to be with you. And so at 19 years old, I had a revelation. Okay, my prayer time is not about telling God things that he already knows. Because I would sit there and pray maybe 10 minutes 
through this spiral notebook. My heart was good, wasn't it? But the Lord said, I want your heart. I don't need you to do this anymore. So from then on, I made a point, my prayer time is going to be about interacting with God, interacting with the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. That's a game changer. Would you agree? Now, do you hear me saying there is not a place for intercession and praying for people? Is that what you hear me saying, church? There is a place for that. But Jesus shows us in Matthew 6, 9, did his prayer, the way that he taught them, the rule of prayer he gave to them, did it start with him saying, I pray for my brother here, I pray for you, pointing across to the other disciples? No, no, no. It started with praise. And so if you want to have a sustainable, fruitful prayer life, it's interacting with God. Hopefully that's liberating to some of you. And then from that place, your prayer time, and I want you to hear me on this. Greed is not a good thing, right? But there's maybe holy greed where I am here with you, Lord, and I, you're jealous over me. I'm jealous over our time together. And so with holy greed, I am interacting with you. I'm opening my heart to you and you can work with me and you can speak to me because you have to fill me up for the day. You hear me on that? And so we are in our rule of prayer, getting under the waterfall, contacting him. Now related to this rule of prayer, every one of us has an opportunity to be a spiritual athlete. Some of you are saying, well, I am not an athlete. I couldn't even play kickball in junior high. I'm talking about a spiritual athlete. And the scriptures are clear on this. The apostle Paul gives all kinds of images and metaphors. In 1 Corinthians 9, 2 Timothy 4, he's looking at the church and he's saying, each one of you gets to exert energy and compete as much as you will through the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can finish the race of faith. Friends, you're in a race. You're in a competition. And so we wake up to that fact. Are you in shape spiritually? Are you coasting? Are you thinking that watching, some, watching someone else pray or hearing about plans for prayer is going to work? It's not going to work. Who wants to be in shape today? Spiritually, Who wants to be a spiritual athlete who's running the race wholehearted to finish? Friends, it's a marathon. Who's run a marathon in here before? We've got some folks in here, some crazy people that have run a marathon. Look, the numbers are shrinking. Do we have anyone? Oh, we got one person. Now, I'm guessing that you didn't just decide to run a marathon and then two weeks later you went and marathoned. No, you're giving me one of it. No, heck no. You have to train. Well, we are in a marathon, a life of faith, a race of faith, and you have to train. And so your rule of prayer can be your program, your workout program. And again, if you don't have a plan, you're not going anywhere. And so my goal in looking at this is to help you develop a daily guide, a rule so that you can work with the Holy Spirit, who's the greatest personal trainer there is. Some of you are saying, well, I couldn't get in shape physically. I'm not sure I can do it spiritually. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful physical trainer. 
He is a transformer of the church. And so we rely on him, don't we? We have our plan, our rule, our guide, and then we say, Holy Spirit, you've got to help me. Would you make me like a spiritual athlete? Okay, some elements. The first one, I've already hinted at it, and you know we live and die by this. This is at the center of everything that we do, everything that we are here at All Saints. And so if you're going to have a fruitful rule of prayer, Scripture is at the beginning. It's true, isn't it, church? The written Word of God through which you encounter Christ, the living Word. And I've already suggested that even before you can open your Bible, you have to schedule the time each day, don't you? Anybody try to do ad hoc, spontaneous time with the Lord? Doesn't work very well, does it? You have to schedule it. So I want to invite you all saints to take your planner out, to take your phone out and, and say, I'm going to do this each day. Now, if this is new to you or you're rusty or you're off track, five minutes. Try five minutes. Five minutes, not an hour. I remember hearing some teaching in the 90s about, can you give the Lord an hour a day? And I was like, I'm barely learning how to pray. So I would try an hour and it felt like a month in prayer. And it just didn't help me at all. I ended up having to scale back. So I want to invite you to five minutes a day. Schedule the time. Five minutes. Begin your rule of prayer. And I'm going to encourage us to do that in the morning. The psalmist in Psalm 5 says, I begin my day with prayer. Again, you get to choose that frame of mind, that frame of heart. And so getting into the Word of God is a key part of this. I've already referenced this, but my first year, my freshman year, I was at TCU. I was a horned frog, and it's the mascot. Some of you are saying that's really weird. Um, but I was learning how to be a disciple, how to be a person of prayer, and I was introduced to prayer walks, which is something that I still do to this day. And I would have to find places on campus where I could hide out and be with the Lord. And I remember I would walk around campus and there were just people always, even if it was 6.30 in the morning, there were people jogging and people doing different things. So I went into my dorm and I went to the stairwell and I went to the top of the stairwell and I found this great quiet space where I could get down, I could open my Bible, I could kneel. And one morning about 6.30, I was up in the top of the stairwell and I was just interacting with God and all of a sudden I felt someone looking at me. And I turn around and there were a couple of other athletes because it was an athletic dorm and they were standing there going, because I was, I had my Bible open, I was animated, I was praying, I was staying awake during my prayer time. And so I want to encourage you to find your stairwell. Where, do you, where can you go where it's quiet? Where can you go where you're alone? I had to find a new niche at that point, but I did. Along with this, friends, Scripture being at the center of your rule of prayer, you've got to have a workable reading plan, don't you? And so I have a slide up here. You can see right under there under a workable reading plan. You can take a picture of that, look at it later. 
allsaintsokc.org resources. We have, many, we have a menu for you to choose from, reading plans so that you can get into the scriptures each day. Some of them are focused on a book of the Bible. Some of them are Old Testament. Some of them are New Testament. And I just want to encourage you tomorrow, have a plan, lots of good options. I've shared several times that I have an ongoing plan that I've used for decades, and that is a Psalm one day and a chapter from a gospel on another day. And so right now I'm, I'm in John, and so I'll do John, and some of those chapters are long, aren't they? So I may do half of it. I may just do 10 verses, less is more, and then the next day I'll bounce over and do Psalms. And so you're kind of rotating back and forth. Someone might say, well, why would you prioritize Psalms and Gospels? Someone tell me, what, why would you spend a lot of time in Psalms if you're trying to grow in prayer? Someone tell me. It's all prayers. That's right. So you're sitting in on the prayers of the saints, the people who've walked with God, and you're letting their prayer life shape your prayer life. You're learning, just like Jesus said, pray this way. You're sitting with someone and you're letting them speak to you and mold you into an effective prayer. So spend time in those Psalms. How many are there? 150 Psalms. So you've got a whole supply, a supply house of prayer fuel and power and information. That is a, the Psalter is what it is. It's 150 prayers. That is a school of prayer for you to enter into. And some of you might say, well, I've read the Psalms so many times. It's, uh, it's a little uh, known to me. Get a different version of the Bible. Pray in a different version of the Bible. Some of you will start at one, Psalm one, and you'll get stalled in about Psalm 50. Read them backwards. I discovered that somewhere along the way. I started reading at Psalm 150 and reading backwards, and I got more familiar with those latter ones. How about the Gospels? Why would we prioritize the Gospels in learning to pray? To pray. Got the... Is that Christ? Learning from Christ himself, right? Got some sign language going on over here. That's right. If you want, in your limited time, you want to grow in prayer, look at Jesus. You'll read through the Gospels that he was regularly retreating to spend time with the Father, and so you can learn from the Master himself. Christ in action, showing you how to live, how to pray, how to depend on the Father. A second thing here, and it's related to this, along with Scripture, the Word of God, learning to pray the Bible, which is another point I want to make here. This is coming to mind we don't just read the Bible and check the box. I did the one-year Bible for many years, and I found that in that pattern of reading the one-year Bible, I got to the point where I was just checking the box each day. I was not interacting with God. And so, friends, when you are in the Scriptures, the point is to pray the Scriptures, to interact with God, to talk with Him through the Bible, can I step on toes a little bit here? Reading a devotional book and then thinking that that's prayer is not prayer. 
Again, I did this for many years. I would bounce from one devotional book to the next. That's better than nothing. But friends, it's not prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. Prayer is praying the Bible, the promises of the Bible, declaring those things in the presence of God and then listening to what he might have to say to you through his word, through his spirit. That's what I'm inviting you into. If you're just reading a devotional, again, better than nothing, read the paragraph, but I'm inviting you to grow. I'm inviting you to have a rule of prayer that draws you into interacting with God through the scriptures. A second thing here, prayers. This shows us as we read the prayers of the Bible, when we read prayers of other Christians throughout history, this shows us that we're part of something bigger than us. It's bigger than this local church. It's bigger than your walk with God. It's bigger than the church in America. You and I are connected to the history of the church for 2,000 years. And beyond that, the people of God from which the church emerges as the new Israel. And so by praying the prayers of the Bible, by praying classic prayers from other prayer warriors, we're connecting ourselves with the history of prayer, with the history of the church. Amanda said something beautiful this week. She doesn't know I'm going to share this, but I took it down. She was praying and she said, thank you, Lord, for the saints who have gone before us and paved the way for us through their prayers. And that's exactly what we're talking about doing is learning from the saints in scripture. And they're called saints because they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're made holy. And we're learning from the saints in the early church. They have much to teach us. The prayers of the Bible and the prayers of Christians in Christian history. I'm going to recommend a book. This is a classic book. It's called All the Prayers of the Bible. Anybody own it? You can get on Amazon. I think get a used copy for like $4. All the Prayers of the Bible by Herbert Lockyer, L-O-C-K-Y-E-R. And this gentleman studied prayer in the scriptures and came up with, he focused on 650 different prayers in the Bible. That's a gem. Buy that book. Work through the prayers of the Bible. Let that inform you on how to be a prayer, how to have a rule of prayer. You probably know where I'm going with this last piece here, the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Could we say those 10 words together? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. You know, we've been talking about this in recent years. These 10 words will change your life. And they are straight from Scripture. We've looked at it before. These are, what's beautiful about this is these are words gleaned from places like Luke 18 and Philippians 2 and Mark 1. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. These are phrases from Scripture that give us a, a way to pray without ceasing. So the early church so wanted to follow what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. And so some early Christians reading the scriptures gave a gift to the church 
And it's the Jesus prayer. It's these 10 words. And friends, it is not rote. It is not robotic. It is not stale. You are calling on the holy name of Jesus through the Jesus prayer. And so I want to encourage you as you develop a rule of prayer informed by Scripture, informed by the prayers of the Bible, informed by prayers from other people, that you put into that mix the Jesus prayer. I begin each day with the Jesus prayer. I begin with a couple of verses, and this is so that I am a victor and not a victim. When my eyes open in the morning, I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And I try to get that frame of mind. And then I say, this is the day that you've made, Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in this day that you've made. That's my rule of prayer. Starts with that. And then I say, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. Now, friends, there are sometimes I am groggy. I have to say that over and over. There's stuff weighing on me, but that is how my rule of prayer begins each day. So friends, this Jesus prayer is something. It's called the arrow prayer of all arrow prayers, isn't it? Because it's made up of these small phrases from Scripture that put us into contact with the living Jesus. And we're calling on his name. It's worship. It's praise. And it can always be with you. Let's say this week you're busy and you don't have time a certain day to be with the Lord. Well, you can start your day with a Jesus prayer. You're praying scripture. You're calling on the holy name of Jesus. And what you'll find is that prayer, if you practice it week after week, month after month, it will move from your mouth saying it to your mind. And you'll actually be able to pray it without saying it because it's taking root in your thoughts. And then finally, if you do it for months and months and months, it will take root in your heart and it will become an inner prayer so that through the day, you are calling out to the name of Jesus. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. This last thing here, how are we doing? Trying to give you practical things to help us grow in prayer. Scripture, the prayers of the Bible, prayers from the saints, tried, tested, true. This last one is interesting. When I began to learn to incorporate this into my prayer life, it helped me immensely in its creeds. It's Christian creeds. Now, some of you may have an allergy to the liturgical church, the Catholic church, the Episcopalian church, the Orthodox church. I hear you. That's okay. But friends, there is a reason that some of these churches have survived and weathered all the different things that happened. The Orthodox Church has survived Lenin and Stalin and some mighty persecutions because they had deep roots in prayer, deep roots in the scriptures, deep roots in the creeds. And did you know there are creeds in the Bible? Did you know that? Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. How does it end? You shall love, someone tell me. Yes, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and Jesus 
flushes it out with your strength. That was a creed for the Old Testament people of God, and they prayed it every day, all through the day, and they taught their children. It was called a Shema, which means hear. And so they taught their children and they taught all of the Israelites in time to pray. That That is a creed from the Old Testament. Did you know the New Testament is filled with creeds? Write this down, look at it later. 1 Corinthians 15, three to seven. We're gonna look at this one real quick here before we transition to ministry time and communion. Look at 1 Timothy 3.16, just showing you creeds, not something that happened once the scriptures were given to the church and the canon of scripture was closed. There are creeds in the Bible. Creeds are statements of faith in God. The word creed comes from a word credo, and it means I believe. And so we find in the Old Testament, the New Testament, statements of this. 1 Timothy 3, 16, an early Christian creed. I've been talking about the worship, talking with a worship team about singing some of these. There's about 10 of them in the New Testament, and it would be wonderful to put these to music, wouldn't it, Liam? 1 Timothy 3, 16. The Apostle Paul says this, without any doubt, the mystery of our religion is great. He was revealed in the flesh. Christ was vindicated in spirit. Christ was seen by angels, proclaimed among Gentiles, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory. There right there is a a little embryonic, a small creed that the church would pray together when they gathered in worship. Friends, I want to encourage you in your rule of faith, your model of prayer, to recite a creed. Some of the young adults laugh at me, but I like to laminate things. And so I have laminated in my Bible the Apostles' Creed. And I will take that creed out during my prayer time, and I will read through the the creed out loud, and I will turn it into prayer. I will say, I believe in you, God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in you, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. I believe in you, Holy Spirit. And it becomes an exercise of worship and prayer. And so it connects me with the church. It connects me with words from Holy Scripture. Again, these are taken from Holy Scripture. I also have printed up the Nicene Creed. Some of you are saying, what is that? It was another creed that was formulated by the church in the fourth century, and it just fleshes out a little bit more about the person of Christ. And this is the only true universal creed for the whole church. Every Protestant, every Catholic, every Orthodox would adhere to the Nicene Creed. So we're going to be learning about it in the coming days, but we're kind of entering in through the Apostles' Creed, which is more known in the Western church. So friends, I'm trying to give you things that help you build and sustain a prayer life so that you and I can grow in prayer, so that you can pray over the years and build a foundation and go deep into God through prayer. So use scripture, use the prayers of scripture, prayers from other people, use the creeds to recite them 
and build your faith. Why don't we stand? I hope that helps. I have lots more that I would want to share maybe in the coming days because we don't pray just because it's a good option. Friends, I think in the coming days, you must pray. You must pray. If you don't pray in battle, you are in a spiritual battle, and if you don't pray, you're toast. You're walking around in battle with no weapons, in your bathrobe, not armor. And so I'm inviting us as a church, let's be people of prayer. Let's have a rule of prayer. Let's be informed by the scriptures, by the historic church. Let's declare the truths of scripture in our prayer time. Let's declare the truths of the creeds so that we can be warriors and soldiers clothed in the armor of God. Amen? And Lord, we do. We, we ask you to teach us how to pray. Lord Jesus, we cannot do anything without you. And so we rely on you and your presence and your power today. Would you make us in this local church a people of prayer? That we would be gripped with love and desire and longing for you through prayer. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up, please. And here in these minutes together, we take communion. Uh, you see it set up on my left, on my right here, and you can line up on the wall and take communion. And if you're a believer, you can share the body and blood of Christ. We do it by intinction. So we take a bit of bread and we dip it in the cup. And friends, I just want to invite us. I mean, this is another opportunity for prayer here. We believe that when we pray, God does things. We believe that, highlight foots, good to see you. We believe that God intervenes. We believe that God brings breakthrough. We believe that God heals. So if you're sick in your body, you need a breakthrough, why don't you come up and get prayer today?